Welcome to the Real Estate Syndication Show. Whether you are a seasoned investor or building a new real estate business, this is the show for you. Whitney Sewell talks to top experts in the business. Our goal is to help you master real estate syndication. And now your host, Whitney Sewell. This is your daily real estate syndication show. I'm your host, Whitney Sewell. Today, our guest is Scott Carson. Thanks for being on the show, Scott. Whitney, I am honored to be here today and kudos to you to doing a daily podcast. There's only a few of us that are doing those things out there. We either got to be brilliant or crazy. <laughs> I'm going to lean on brilliant. Uh, not everybody would agree with me, but <laughs> you know, you and me both, brother, you and me both. Sometimes I think we're pretty crazy, but that's, I'm honored to be here and glad to provide any type of nuggets or knowledge I can help with your amazing audience. Awesome. Awesome. Scott is also known as the note guy. He's been an active real estate investor since 2002 and solely focused on the distressed mortgage and note industry since 2008, where he buys and sells non-performing mortgages directly from banks and hedge funds on properties all across the country. He's the CEO of WeCloseNotes.com, an Austin, Texas-based real estate firm. He has purchased over half a billion dollars in distressed debt for his own portfolio and purchases assets in over 30 states across the United States while also helping thousands of other real estate investors make money along the way. He's been featured in Investors Business Daily, The Wall Street Journal, and Incorporated.com. Also, the host of the popular podcast, The Note Closer Show. Scott, thank you so much for your time again being on the show. Give the listeners a little bit more about who you are and let's dive into this thing you call notes, whatever that is. Yeah, I'm this crazy guy in Austin, Texas, previous mortgage broker, financial advisor, you know, did that for years after I graduated college in the finance industry. And then when everything, 2004 to 2009, late 2008, I you know, started a mortgage company that was traveling the country, teaching real estate investors about creative finance and, and put them in good mortgage products for their, their cash out refis. And then when all the music stopped in, in late 2008, 2009, I just, I was smart enough to see the right on the wall. I, I had a couple mentors of mine and, and private lenders that were giving me money for some of my fix and flip deals here in in Austin, the surrounding communities that had made a lot of their money in the 80s during the Resolution Trust Corporation, the RTC days. And like, hey, if you really want to make some wealth, here's an opportunity. So I, I left the mortgage business and jumped in on the other side of buying distressed debt, or as I like to call them, naughty notes, where the uh, the borrowers are being bad and not paying on time. And we buy the debt at pretty substantial discounts on either one-off basis or in large portfolios. Our normal trade is like uh, somewhere between a quarter million and a half a million dollars, depending on what we're buying and stuff like that. But love the business. By doing over a decade, you can find a ton of videos online, YouTube, Vimeo. I think we're over a thousand plus on there of just different nuggets because the, the note business is a little bit different business. You know, syndication business is different than going out and buying a fix and flip, right, Whitney? Some intricacies to it. And it's the same thing in the note business, but it's a, uh, I love what I do because A, we find a lot of deals direct to the banks and hedge funds where others aren't looking. We're often getting uh, really some nice discounts and substantial deals on it where we're buying it like, you know, 50% of value or less. And third thing, you know, like I said, pricing, sourcing, there's a lot of strategies that we can use to make money on this when we're buying an asset and then we become the bank. But our biggest goal is a different mentality. Our goal is to rehab the borrower versus rehabbing the property. Interesting. Elaborate on that a little bit. Rehabbing the borrower. What does that mean? We like to target owner-occupied assets. I know that may seem a little bit different than your traditional investors out there who want to take the property over, fix it up, you know, put some paint and carpet, you know, lipstick on a pig and then resell it. That's really not my goal. The biggest institutions in the country are all the banks. 
and they're not going out and fixing the flipping property. They're creating loans and servicing these loans for cash flow. Well, that's what we want is to buy this debt at a discount. And I really usually only buy owner occupied or occupied assets. That way I can ensure most of the time that it's in pretty good shape inside. You know, the copper goblins haven't showed up. The air conditioner hasn't gone on a walkabout. It's in pretty decent shop, you know, space, you know, condition. It may not be something I'd live in, but that borrower who's on the mortgage is happy living in it and, and keeping the property up for the most part. So when we buy it at a discount, we reach out to the, the homeowners, or I should say my vendors and staff do. And our goal is like, hey, what happened? What's your country Western song? You know, did your dog die? Did your truck break down? Did grandma get run over by a reindeer? You know, what's the situation? I don't care what happened. What are you doing? Are you working? Can you start paying on time now? Yes or no? No. Can you pay something? The fact that we buy this debt at a discount gives us a lot of flexibility on our side to work with the homeowner and the borrowers to keep them in the house. Because if I do have to foreclose, now I'm forking out money for attorney fees, then repair costs. Instead of getting it reperforming in 30 days, now I got six months to a year before I can do anything with it. It's always my best interest. Hey, keep them in that property. They're going to take care of it for the most part. And if I get them reperforming, now I got cash flow coming in. And in six to 12 months, now I've got a reperforming asset that I can either keep for cash flow or sell off at a, a nice chunk of profit on the back end. Does that make sense, Whitney? Yes, it does. It does. And tell me, how is the note business similar to like multifamily syndication? Well, it's all about doors, right? I mean, that's the thing. You In multifamily syndication, you're looking at a property, you're looking at doors, you're figuring out your NOI, your cap rates. You're trying, the reason you're buying in bulk is says your cost per door goes down, right? And it's a lot of the same way in the note business. We buy, you know, we'll buy some one-offs occasionally, it makes sense. But for the most part, I get a, a bigger discount because I'm buying in bulk. And I'm not the guy going out and unclogging the toilet. So I've got a vendor or like a or attorney or, or property managers, I like to say servicers that are handling the phone calls. They're handling the getting the bars to reperform, you know, rehabbing the bars. Like, okay, let's work out something that makes sense my least favorite thing is actually take a property back because now then I do have to put more work into it and then find an agent to sell it. But it's all about doors. I mean, that's why we're able to have a couple hundred doors on our portfolio right now. And we're constantly buying and selling. And the idea, like syndication part, you buy something, you put a little spit and polish on it. And in a couple of years, you sell it at a higher value because you bought it at a discount, right, Whitney? Then it's a win-win not only for yourself, but also your investors out there that have, have backed you on what you're doing. So it's a lot of similarities. We actually have a lot of students that have come over from the apartment side that were looking for deals and can't maybe find something there. So they got money to put to work. So they put it together buying a couple doors, you know, three to four to 10 to 20 and work their way up by growing their portfolio that way. And so you probably get this question or maybe often, I don't know, but you know, why notes over like actually owning or, you know, buying a apartment complex? So it's all about pricing. I like being able to do this business from anywhere. So like I would just got back from three and a half weeks in Europe and business ran fine. We got a couple of deals that modified while I was traveling, a couple of deals we foreclosed out and sold in there. I just happen to like, I want to go where the deal source is. Now, when I first got into the note business, I cut my teeth mostly on multifamily notes at the time. I was buying from Capital One and Wells Fargo multifamily and Crown Court, who was handling a lot of stuff for other banks. So I was buying 20, 30, 300 unit apartment complex mortgages at substantial discounts and then working with the on-site management to get them back up and running on time and then having them refinance me out a few years later. So as the market's gotten more competitive over the years, everybody loves apartments. I just simply say, well, let me go where the cheaper pricing is 
and be sitting well so that when the market does turn south again, I'll jump back in and buying some of that mortgage debt on those apartments at, at steeper discounts and be able to work out something with either the owner operators or just take the property back and then, you know, become the owner operator that way. I've had that happen a few times where we took the apartment back and the bank that we were getting ready to buy the note from decided to go ahead and carry the paper for us as the operator, which is pretty nice. So to have purchased over a half a billion dollars in distressed debt, I would imagine you're working with a few investors. You know, tell me about the different types of questions that you may experience and how you answer them. You know, obviously that's a big part of our job, you know, in the syndication businesses, you know, investor relations. I mean, it's so important. It's so important that we're doing it well, so important that we can answer questions. What's the difference in the type of questions that you may get from investors when you're raising capital? Why a note? Why would the bank sell a note at a discount? Why wouldn't they just take the property back? Is the first question we get. And the reason I tell you is the banks aren't in the property management company. They want to own the debt. And that's why it's a better way for us. It's also a better way for them because within a wire, they can transfer the, that distressed asset off their books. And now we have the bank. Now we have a lot of flexibility that we can do with a bank. We've got a lot of different exit strategies that we can do. And it may go a different way. We may get it reinstated. We may get it modified. We may take the property back. We may pay the borrower to take the property back and deed loan. We may just sell the asset off if we're doing a little bit of work. We may retain it for cash flow. So there's different exit strategies about which way the wind blows and what's going on. I will tell you this, that we also, having multiple strategies is a good thing. A way we see people really screw up is if they stick to just one strategy and they try to force everything in that one strategy. And I think you know that, that you've got to be flexible on what's going on on a property or a complex or a deal. There's multiple ways to look at things. Other things we talk about, is we try to set realistic expectations. Hey, this is going to be a 12 to 36 month deal on aspect of things. A, especially if it's in a state that has a longer foreclosure process, you've got to prepare for the worst, you know, and then hope that it doesn't do that. And most of the time, the worst never happens, but sometimes you got to be prepared. What's also really nice is that we're leveraged, since we're buying debt, we're leveraged across a lot of assets. So if something goes wrong, an act of God in Missouri, well, we're okay, but it took out one property because we've got 29 other assets that we can leverage that risk off. Of course, there's insurance that covers a lot of that stuff, but it's all about leverage and, and protecting an investor's money across multiple assets is one of the biggest advantages that we love about note investing. And the fact that we can buy it often cheaper and be more direct is another great advantage as well, too. You know, how are you structuring a deal like that? I mean, I know nothing about notes and how are you structuring a large portfolio deal, you know, a note deal? We usually prefer to make sure and bring on one investor. That's the biggest thing. If we can find one investor right, to take the thing down, that makes it simpler across the board. And we'll use special purpose LLCs, just like you guys would do on apartment side, right? We have a reg A that's in the process of getting work. So we you know, put a fund together, make sure our attorneys are doing the right thing, dotting all the T's and crossing the I's to make sure everything's rock and roll. And then it's the same thing. Hey, we're going to look at what the deal is going to bring to the table. We're going to give a preferential rate in the front end and then a split of the equity in the back end. So it's a uh, similar structures as you would in syndication. You're just kind of changing out the asset class and have to understand it it's a little bit different on what the exit strategies are going to be on that specific note deal. But it's the same type of structure that you would in what you're doing, Whitney. I know everybody's wondering where you're finding an investor that will invest that kind of capital all at once. So that's a great question. You know, it's marketing, 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 marketing. We do a ton. It's part of the reason we started doing videos years ago. It's part of the reason we have the podcast is people listen to it and call us up. And then the nice thing too, Whitney, you know, is we're buying say 20 assets and we've got, it's a 200 or $300,000 purchase. The fact that it's different properties allows us to split that up. So, okay, 
Mr. Investor, we're going to have you fund half it in these 15. You're just going to be responsible for these 15. You're going to take these other 15 second investors so we can make it almost like two transactions, two deals to help split that up a little bit, to carve out and make sure it's fair. You know, we're going to give somebody the best, the assets, the other one, the worst one. But they're, we're not bringing on you know, junior lien holders. We're not pooling money. We're trying to keep it one investor per deal if possible. Nice. And what kind of, I know you said like 12 to 36 months a minute ago, but what is a normal hold period? What kind of returns are, are typical? Usually it's about 18 months on average. If it's a reperforming asset, then we hold it for cash flow and then, then looking to sell that thing off. So let's, let's just give you some round numbers. Let's say we're buying, and we'll just use an individual deal for easy math here. Say buying an asset that's worth 100, borrower may owe 100 plus because they're behind. We can buy that at 50 cents of the dollar. We bought it at 50 grand. That's a pretty good deal. Now, if the interest rate on the mortgage was at 6%, we bought it at 50 cents of the dollar. Now we just got and get them reperforming. Now we got a 12% cash and cash return to us on the cash flow. Now, if we bought it at 50 cash, they start paying for 12 months. 12 months, we could sell that note at 80, 85 cents of the value. So now we yield another 30 to 35% after 12 to 15 months. You would take that 35 grand plus the other 12 months of cash flow. It's a pretty good ROI on a $50,000 investment. If they don't perform, they, don't, they won't play ball with us. They stick their head in the sand or tell us to go pound sand. Then we'll start the foreclosure process. Some states are faster to foreclose. Like Texas, it's really fast to foreclose here. I mean, it's, you know, you can do it quickly. Other states are longer to foreclose. Like New York, New Jersey, I don't buy there. It takes forever to foreclose. So average foreclosure costs cost you somewhere around three to five grand. If you got to put some repair into the property, you're going to add that on. What we prefer to do is try to just offer up the bar. Like, listen, we're going to foreclose. Why don't we just give you three grand or five grand to walk and leave the property in good condition? And that saves us a lot of money and, and time frame as well. So we may be into it for another 10 grand between foreclosure and, and costs like that. Now we're into it at 60. We sell it at 90, 90 cents on the dollar. It's another 25, 30 grand in profit on a $60,000 investment. That's not bad. No, it's not bad. And, you know, to, to change gears just a little bit, but I want to hammer on something that you talked about. And I know that we bring value to the listeners is marketing. And I would love for you to elaborate a little bit on, you know, you've been doing this a while now. We talked about how many videos you've done and podcasts and you've done a lot more than I have, but I'd love to hear, you know, just some marketing techniques that have proven successful for you all. First and foremost, Whitney, I'm a big believer that we're not in the real estate industry anymore. With the way the world is, we're all in the media business. Okay. We're all in media, your podcast, your videos, my podcast, my videos, we're all in the media aspect because everybody's, you look at Hulu and Netflix and Disney starting their own channel and things like that. I know this is different, but everybody's going to video. And if you're not ready for video, I mean, even LinkedIn is going to be doing LinkedIn live now here shortly. So you got to realize that we're all in the media business. And so our first thing when I walk into my office each day is, okay, what are we doing for marketing? What are we doing to get the word out what we're doing? Are we filming a podcast episode? Do we have a video going out on a deal? Are we posting to social media websites. Now, you've got to be a little bit careful when it comes to raising capital on things like that, but I'm a big advocate of sharing deals that you've done. If you've closed on deals, and I don't care if it's the fix and flip down the street or a 200-unit apartment complex, I don't believe people share enough about the successes that they have. And if you share in what you're doing and share nuggets, I mean, you're doing a great job with your podcast, absolutely amazing. If you are not subscribed, you need to go to iTunes and subscribe right now to leave Whitney a five-star review. I'll wait for my check to show up later on that, right, Whitney? But <laughs> That's right. When it comes to marketing, you got to realize there's so many great ways to get out what you're doing and what you're focused on. And it's so much easier with smartphones these days. I mean, you could take a, go out, look at your apartment complex or deal or have your realtor take a picture of it, send it to you. 
you can post and say, hey, I'm working on my next deal. Who wants to get on my hot list? Who wants to talk to me and see if you can qualify to be part of the next fund we're putting together, the next syndication? So many people, and what's funny is that we're kind of in this limbo, Whitney, between age groups. You know, I'm 42. You're about the same age as I am, I take it. You're probably a little bit younger, right? A little younger. A little bit younger. But there's this between basically like 25 and 45. There's this limbo area of people that are figuring out from doing marketing the old way of going out and talking one-on-one, one-on-one, one-on-one to those that are figuring out doing the one to the many and leading to the one-on-ones. Okay. I think that's what people have to realize. Whatever you can do to share to the masses. Uh, Seth Godin wrote a book called Tribes a few years back. It's a phenomenal book talking about everybody is out there is looking for leadership and looking to be led. Well, you have to realize, I don't care if you're buying an individual asset or you bought a thousand, you've got a tribe behind you that's looking to you to lead them, whether it's A, to help, help you find deals or help to raise capital. What you're doing on the day in and day out basis, the fact that you're actually taking action, you're making offers, you're going to real estate clubs, you're traveling to conferences, share that stuff because the American dream is getting strangled to death financially. And it's, I think it's up to us as real estate entrepreneurs to really share what we're doing, market your, what you're doing, whether it's a good, the bad, or the ugly. People actually love the ugly more than they love the good. So share the learning, what you learn, what you stub your toe on. And I guarantee you'll have people coming to you because they learned, they've learned from you. You've built rapport by sharing what you're going on. And we have that happen all the time. Hey, I've been listening to your stuff for six months. I've been following you for six months. I've got 200 grand. I need to put something to work with. Can we talk? And I'm like, yeah, no. Yeah, of course we can talk at that point. <laughs> let's, let's figure it out and see if it's a win-win and kind of go from there. But we're all in the media business these days. You don't have to believe me. If you watch TV, you're in the media business. You're just consuming it. You're on the wrong side of the media. I couldn't agree more. And, but, you know, I would add, you know, sometimes in the syndication business, yeah, you'd have to be very careful about promoting, even closing on a property. I've talked to numerous attorneys that say, oh, you, you know, you can't do that. But there's numerous things that you can talk about. And what you said, like every day, what you're doing, you know, being able to talk about it and put it out there just so people know who you are and what you're doing. You know, they're building trust in you and you've never spoken to them. Yeah, make sure you follow your attorney's advice. I mean, I'm a big believer in that. The attorneys will keep your assets out of a sling really fast. But yeah, I mean, see people all the time, oh, guaranteed return. No, 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 don't be doing that. You know, talking about what you're, hey, here's a deal that we're working on or here's a deal that we've closed in the past. I mean, you always got to put past performance is not an indicator of future returns, but just, you know, sharing. There's so few people taking action. If you're doing something, you're in that 5% audience and people are dying to surround themselves with 5%ers. How are you keeping track of all your marketing? Like any kind of routine you can, I know you're not going to like blast out all your secret nuggets, but you know, maybe a couple things of how you organize all this. It's simple, dude. I'm, I'm a big believer in something called the marketing octagon that we do, where we can take one piece of content and share it across eight to nine platforms over a couple of days. And that way we're sitting and things. So I'll give you an example. If I took a picture, took a picture while we're getting rock and roll here, you didn't see me, you were looking down, took a picture. I'm going to post that to Facebook. Said, hey, it was an honor to be on this podcast, on your podcast with Whitney, you know, syndication show. I'm going to share that on, on Facebook. I'm also going to share it to Instagram. Okay. I'm also going to upload it to my website and share it there. So, Hey, here's a link to check out this episode. Check out this podcast. All right. I'm also going to have an email blast that goes out later on in the week. Hey, here's a podcast I've been on this week or here, check out this amazing show with Whitney. You start seeing this. I start cross pollinating. It's the same thing. I'm just cross-pollinating the different social media avenues, you know, the video, the YouTube, the auditory through iTunes. It's the same thing with real estate. Got a good piece of property? Take a good photo. You've got a smartphone. 
take a photo. You can share it to Instagram. You can share it on YouTube. You could do a quick little video. Two minutes, hey, I'm working on this deal here. It's this unit. More information to come. I can't give you the details, but I'm really excited. Check out some of the past deals we've done on our website. Taking that same audio, getting it transcribed and turn it into a little blog that you can throw on LinkedIn or on your website or an email blast off. So a lot of people have a tendency to overthink marketing like, oh, I got to create eight unique things to get out to my database. No, you take one piece and just tweak it a little bit to share it across the board. And that's what's been the secret to our success is taking, we just focused on video. I heard Kevin Harrington from the Shark Tank years ago say that video is the best way. And I said, well, he's a much smarter man. His pocketbooks are a lot deeper than mine. I think I'm going to listen to him. And implemented video is one of our biggest things of sharing nuggets, sharing knowledge, and, and getting the word out what we're doing. Because, you know, if I can be on Google, which is the number one search engine, or on YouTube, the number two search engine, I'm doing pretty well. That makes sense. It does. It makes a lot of sense. And yeah, that allows you to blast out so much more content. You know, and are you utilizing virtual assistants or do you have VAs in your office or what does that look like? Great question, Whitney. So I have a one dedicated marketing assistant here in the office. That's all she does. She is phenomenal. Graduate of Texas A&M. I'm a University of Texas fan. So if she's an A&M, I get to give her that's her only downfall, basically. We give her a list of stuff to do. She cranks it out. I do have a team of professionals that help me with our podcast editing. I just record it and throw it to them. They do all the work overseas a lot cheaper. They upload it. They transcribe it and then send great images and then send it to Shannon, who then Shannon jumps on buffer.com and gets it there. So it's scheduled to go out to our audiences at the right time that that people are paying attention. Then she also creates my special projects I have. If I have a special webinar or a special asset that we're working on, like I've got 125 single family home mortgages, notes that we're in the process of moving. So she took screen views, had them all scheduled up in a buffer that they just automatically show up on Facebook and Instagram. We sold 35 of them all basically just doing that way where they contacted the individual realtors or my asset manager in California to make bids in and close them out that way. All I had to do was look at the, the numbers on, okay, what do we pay for? What are we into it for? What's the profit margin on it? And accept it and go from there. What's a way you've recently improved your marketing that we could all apply to our businesses? Oh my gosh. Best, one of the best things to do. There is a, a cool tool called wave.video. And it is a, it's like, if you're familiar with Canva or Photoshop, something like that, it's like the Canva of video. And what I love with wave.video, it's a New Zealand company that started this, is they have all these templates of videos that all you've got to do is either plug and play your logo, your wording, but they've got amazing videos that make you look really smart. And so if you tweak it for your colors, add your logo, change it up a little bit, but they have a, a marketing calendar of what's going on each day. Like it's National Margarita Day or Motivation Monday or Throwback Thursday, whatever is going on, you know, like May the 4th, you know, is Star Wars Day. May the 4th be with you. So they create a template you know, Darth Vader and R2-D2, and you could plug and play that in there. So wave.video, the cool thing to do, it makes you look really smart with videos. And that's one thing we've committed to doing is doing at least one video on wave.video at least a week with something that's going on through it. So that, and then uh, I would spend a little bit more time. We have really focused on YouTube. We've got a lot of videos on there, but we've been going back in and taking the first three to 4,000 characters of a video and putting it in the description as part of the description. So it boosts our SEO optimization. Nice. I appreciate you sharing that. That's some valuable tips right there. So what about, you know, back on the investor front a little bit before we run out of time, what's your your best advice for taking care of investors? Uh, Best thing you can do is just treat them like you would. I mean, good or bad. We all can agree at some point deals are going to go south. All right. There's going to be something that goes south. So the best thing you can do 
is communicate with your investors. And secondly, more importantly, have a solution. All right. If something goes south, values down, or hey, give them the solution because that's what they want to do. They want to know that you've got their best interest in mind and that you're going to take care of it because their issues will pop up. Hey, we've got a solution to this. We're going to solve it this way. Here's A, B, or C in our plan. And then just you know, communicate. That's one of the most important things. People can understand that things drag on. Most people can for the most part. Just communicate, hey, this is going to take another 90 days than what we expected, another six months, but here's a process. Or, hey, we're going to do add this extra value add that we see us getting a lot more in the long run. Just communicate. The more communication you can do with your investors, the better off that you can be. I couldn't agree more. Definitely extremely important. What's the number one thing that's contributed to your success, Scott? <laughs> My stupidity? No, I'm just joking. Uh, I think just being consistent. Consistency is the key. I mean, there's enough people that flake off of doing, I mean, only 5% of people do anything anyway. And the fact that you, if you show up on a regular basis, I'm not the, look, I'm not the best at videos. I'm not the best at emails. I'm not the smartest. I still screw up all the time with our marketing and things like we try or constantly trying, but I show up. I show up on a regular basis. I'm committed to doing a video every day or marketing every day of some sort. It's kind of funny. I, I went away. You know, we just had a vacation for about a month where we took a transatlantic cruise and spent some time over in Europe. And we had some automated to go through. But people, when I came back, I was like, oh my God, we're so glad to have you back in our daily dose of the crazy note guy. And I started laughing about that. And I was like, well, it was nice to be gone. But it was always funny. Like, hey, we haven't seen you. You know, after three days goes by and I'm not doing something live, we start getting messages from people that, oh, are you okay? Are you sick? What's going on? And, and you know, you laugh about that, the little stalkers that they are, but it's nice because they do care. But that's the thing, being consistent. And I don't care if it's more than once a month, once a week. I mean, if you send an email out to your database once a week, if you're posting something, you can do it once a week. If you're doing a live video about a deal or something or something you're working on your business, do it once a week. We've all got the five minutes or the 10 minutes to do something. It doesn't have to be long. It doesn't have to have a huge production costs. Just be yourself. That's what people are tuning in for. If they wanted high production, they'd go to... MTV or HB or something like that. They're showing up to your Facebook or YouTube account for you. So keep that in mind. Nice. Scott, unfortunately, we're out of time, but you know, I appreciate you being on the show, but tell the listeners you know, how you like to give back. I'm a huge proponent that we believe in a thing called co-opetition. I'm a big believer that we're all working for our own bottom line, but there's plenty of resources to work and cooperate. So I've got a ton of videos on my website, weclosenotes.com. If you'd like to, I do have a book I'd love to give away to those listeners who are interested in learning more about no business how to buy a real estate at 40% off. It's $19.99 on Amazon and all those. If you just go to noteblueprint.com slash free book, that's noteblueprint.com slash free book. You can download the 73 page book for free. Wow. It's a lot of value there, Scott. Thank you so much. Any other way they need to be able to get in touch with you or? I'm all over the internet. They look for Scott Carson, the note guy, not Scott Carson, the English premier soccer player. Okay. <laughs> He's got a bit of a, a 70s porn stash going, but uh, otherwise, yeah, you just look for Scott Carson and weclosenotes.com. You'll find everything out that you can on us. All right, Scott. Thank you so much. I appreciate your time and value you've provided to me and the listeners today. Appreciate the listeners being with us today uh, and every day. I hope you'll also go to LifeBridge Capital and connect with me and the Real Estate Syndication Show on Facebook. And we will talk to each of you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to the Real Estate Syndication Show, brought to you by LifeBridge Capital. LifeBridge Capital works with investors nationwide to invest in real estate, while also donating 50% of its profits to assist parents who are committing to adoption. LifeBridge Capital, making a difference, one investor and one child at a time.
Connect online at www.lifebridgecapital.com for free material and videos to further your success. 